Dear listener, what you're about to hear may well change your life. This is Adrian Shepard, reporting from Earth Colony Radio on Chrome.
You're listening to How Many Years Too Soon, an interview with the legendary Helios Creed from the seminal band Chrome, founded in San Francisco in 1975 by Damon Edge with the first album, The Visitation. Helios joined in 76 with the release of Alien soundtracks, employing cut-up and collage tape compositions and processed sounds they quickly gained a cult following. The psychedelic connoisseur Julian Cope once said of them, Theirs was a cyberpunk vision of the future that came a decade before the term was coined. 38 albums and 12 singles later, Chrome and Helios Creed embark on the 2014 European tour with a new album, Feel It Like a Scientist. Helios, welcome and thank you for taking this time for an interview and welcome guitarist Luminati. Firstly, I'd like to say that it's uh, it's very suitable that we make this interview via these uh, kind of remote technologies, uh, San Francisco and Berlin, without even seeing each other. Reminds me when I first came across your albums and wondered who could be behind the mysterious collaged artworks on the album covers. I feel I'm caught a little bit between the devil and the deep blue sea here. Firstly, because I'm sure many of your diehard fans know your incredible history and those who are unaware of it, of, of just how influential Chrome and Helios Creed have become. Can you briefly describe how Chrome came into focus? Well, it's a band that, of course, Damon created with uh, Gary and Mike and John. And uh, I was living in San Francisco at the time, playing with uh, a man named Sleeper, who's Chris Berry. I did a radio interview with him the other day. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to be in a band, you know. I always want, I was just a kid back then, you know, as far as I could tell right now. <laughs> but uh, I, I had a friend that was playing violin who became my bass player, uh, Gary Spain. And uh, he said he was in a band. And I go, What's the name of your band? Chrome. And they said they just made an album. And I wanted to hear it. I go, what do you guys play, blues? I go, everybody plays blues, you know, I'm sick of it, you know? <laughs> and uh, it was around 76, you know, and uh, and I heard the record, and it was The Visitation, mm. which you know that record, right? Mm. Yeah, and I was listening to it, and I really liked uh, you know, it in a lot of ways, but I, I figured that something in my head just told me that they need me, this guy who's ever... I asked Gary, I go, who's producing this stuff? And he goes, a guy named Damon Edge. And I go, and I just, it just came to my mouth. I go, you guys need me, you know? And uh, and he goes, all right, I'll set up an interview. Because uh, Mike Lowe just quit, and so did John, the mm -hmm. guitar player. Mike was the singer, and John, they just sort of quit because the record didn't sell. And, and I just, and, and Damon and Gary wanted to keep going. Well, uh, it didn't work out with Gary either, so it just wound up, you know, they, me and Damon hit it off, and we made Alien soundtracks. And we just kept going from there. <laughs> mm. Going through your material, going through your lyrics the other day, I found that uh, on Half Machine Lip Moves, on Zombie Warfare, the first line, I feel it like a scientist. Yeah. It, that must be the inspiration for the new album. Yeah, you yeah. got it. <laughs> wow, that'd be a great name for an album. Let's call it. <laughs> it really is a code. It became a motto as well as we were working through the album. We just felt our way through the whole thing, and it, it just became quite fitting. 
Plus, Damon came up with it. We almost called it album that back in the 70s, but we didn't. So mm. I just figured, well, we'll just do it now. So it's a kind of tip your hat to, to Half Machine Lip Moves. What does Half Machine Lip Moves mean? Well, you? Damon, I go, Where, how did you come up with that title? And he goes, he was looking at a dumpster, and this bum was opening up the dumpster, <laughs> talking to this other bum <laughs> as the dumpster. I know, it's really a weird story, you know. And he said he saw the dumpster door open, and he said it looked like a machine while this bum was talking, and it just came to his head for some reason, and he and he liked it. So it was a vision of the future. <laughs> Evidently. Oh, that brings me perfectly to my next question. Um, can you say something about the... I, I read about this UFO experience that you had, Helios, um, when you were an 18-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah, I did. Me and a f- two friends of mine, we were in Hawaii, and I was sitting on a hill, and uh, and and he tapped me on the shoulder and said, look up, and I looked up, and there was a UFO hovering over our heads, you know, and, and I wouldn't have believed it unless he was with me, and he saw it too, so, yeah, and around that time, there was a lot of sightings, and it, it, it was a very... Uh, moving experience you know Mm -hmm. late 60s and early 70s you know when i was a kid and the acid was really good you know (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i had a lot of really crazy experiences that i can't explain we always have to sort out our strange experiences when we're gonna call on them i i uh i mean i haven't done anything like that in a while Mm. but uh i i used all those experiences to you know Put, help put together my idea of what probably chrome is and damon's input too you know i mean i don't know what he was up to at the time he was in la at art school and he i went was to uh, morocco yeah yeah he went to morocco and he picked up moroccan street music and that's one of the places that he got the idea for chrome is is a like oriental street music with a 4-4 collage background yeah he did have a uh, a gong like some kind of 22-inch gong, and and that was the one we used on Half Machine Lip Moves. I think there's a gong on that. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, he said he had it at the airport, and he just set it down for a minute, and he uh, said he was just buying his ticket, and some guy was standing on it, you know. Let's so <laughs> 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 cut off my gong. It's like it's worth a lot of money, you know. <laughs> And, I mean, this gong we used in it on uh, Half Machine Lip Moves. Mm. It's a funny story. Yeah, I, it's also very uh, synchronistic as well because my, my next question was um, there's a track on the um, new album called Prophecy. Uh huh. Um, and uh, the track opens up with uh, the William Burroughs uh, three times three ritual. Yeah, um, yeah. Were you influenced by William Burroughs at all? No, well, uh, a little bit, but Aleph was really influenced by him. The Burroughs, the cut and paste thing really plays in with Burroughs. Yes, we, we, uh, when we were putting that together, we, I just, you know, I go, we're all going to make a piece for this song, you know, whatever you think it should be, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aleph and uh, Lux put together that. I put together the middle part, backwards drums, me and Keith, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, we all, you know, wrote the song Prophecy for the end. Mm-hmm. I had everybody write a line. So 
nobody's stuck with anything, you know? Mm. But originally, the Burroughs piece was its own piece of music as well that was stood on its own. And we, when we started collaging the album together, it became the most suitable intro to Prophecy, which was the first single on the album, which is also like, you know, just what it, its title reflects, um, which is Helios's view of. Oh, it sounds really wicked, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's, it's unusual because this year is William Burroughs' 100th year anniversary, strangely enough. And I, and I was curious whether you, you guys actually knew that. No, that, that's a coincidence. So that's you know? an amazing coincidence. I mean, do you, do you believe in um, synchronicity and coincidences? Or, or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. like our religion. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I said that to you, but in, I don't really even believe in coincidences anymore, you know, it just, mm. which, make, which changes your reality, you know, quite a bit. You yeah. know, like, wow, if there's no accidents, you know. <laughs> it's like they said in that Batman film. Uh, once you know, you can't believe in coincidence anymore. That's I why guess. everything on purpose, I guess. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> subconscious. <laughs> we could take a lot more credit for things. Uh, well, it's good that Burroughs is on a new album for or his hundredth birthday. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Or you don't want to take credit for it, right. so you want to blame it on accident. It kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, in one of the interviews I read, you were talking about that you had your own personal psychic. Oh, uh, yeah, Janice, I think, yeah, uh, through a friend, uh, through some friends in San Francisco. She's pretty good, I think. That's just one of your many, I mean, you know, he's got... Some, I think she's yeah. about 95% accurate. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, nobody's ever 100%, but she seems to be about 95 yeah, unless she gets flustered, and then yeah. she kind of, you know, that's when flustered. she messes up, or whatever the word is, you know, she, that's when she messes up or pissed off or whatever. Well, that happens to the best of it. Mm -hmm. So, so have you have you used her predictions in your music at all? Actually, I was using her to find out who was ripping me off. <laughs> <laughs> Very useful. But and she was really good at it too. She was really good at finding out that kind of stuff but i have asked her a lot of unusual questions you know like uh the world climate and all that but she doesn't seem to do that you, you know your own research. so uh yeah you got to do your own research you know on the internet and then half of that is bullshit so yeah it just all goes into the music you know all the things that are in my head i studied prophecy you know and uh you know, everybody's interested in that these days, so I decided to make a song about it, which I never really did into any kind of uh, organization, you know. Mm. And I think it just ties in with the UFO thing, you know.
I always felt that Chrome was a was a hardcore band, um, ne- never so psychedelic in the um, kind of easy, comfortable sense. Like, no, uh, we never wanted to be uh, comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, f- for me, it seemed to open metal doors that demanded some kind of um, strength or something to get through. Yeah, um, yeah. The next section is people that you've worked with, because you actually worked with uh, Nick Turner from Hawkwind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I went on tour with uh, Nick and Gal and Detmar and, and Tommy Grenis, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I got that gig through Tommy, you know, and they, they said they needed a guitar player, and they needed a drummer, too, and I got my drummer to do it, you know? So that was interesting. I just thought, wow, this could be interesting, you know, learn something about the old school fellas, you know? Mm. And uh, still have that keyboard player. Tommy is the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy's still our keyboard player. You know, mm-hmm. Tommy's been in the band a long time. He's uh, the one who took Damon's place. Yeah. And, and uh, you were also uh, playing. You also play some tracks on um, the Butthole Surfers albums because I understand they were um, very influenced by Chrome. Yeah, clean it up and uh, the annoying song. I don't think uh, I don't. One of them didn't make it on the record, or I don't know if it made it on or not. But yeah, they didn't. They didn't say my name on the record, but that's not unusual because they don't even put their own names on the record. <laughs> uh, in the first albums that you made, why, why, what was the reason not to put your own images on the on the albums? I think we were probably too self conscious too young you know didn't know if we look we we would take these pictures of ourselves and think they look good and then we'd blow them up and go god I, <laughs> so we decided you know we just started making collages and shit yeah and uh yeah that's the way it started we we just never felt like confident enough to be we were kind of like kids pretty much when we started and uh and and Damon was pretty self-conscious about his photographs. He'd take like tons of photographs of himself and really dig on one, and then we'd blow it up, and he'd look like totally different. <laughs> so you, you made all the artwork yourselves, then all yeah, the collages yeah. and everything were made. Yeah, Damon made most of them. I the only one I have ever made was uh, um, the one uh, um, "No Humans Allowed." I made that cover. So going back again to people that you've worked with or, or, or people that you've come into contact with, um, you played on an al- a compilation album with The Residents. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, uh, Submodern. Mm. So uh, do you know who The Residents are? Uh, well, I knew who uh, a couple of them were, but I don't even know if, if they're still doing it anymore as far as the same guys. I knew, I knew Homer... Hmm. And a guy that called himself H, all, um, but I don't know what H stood for, but yeah. Homer and, and this guy named H that worked and had red hair. And, I, and that, <laughs> I just, you know, we just hung out with them hmm. in those early days. And, you know, I don't really know, you know, I haven't really seen them since then or, you know, had yeah. communication. I went there a few times when Damon was still alive, you know, we sort of weren't happening anymore and uh, hung out but and then i haven't seen him since you mm. know just it's but just that, one of like, those mysteries yeah i as guess to who they are <laughs> yeah i heard that they sold it to somebody and but i i don't know if any of that's true i guess it's, anything's possible if you wear an, an eye on the on the head 
Yeah, and uh, I want I could tell you a thing about that eyeball thing. I guess I could tell you about it. Damon did the Alien soundtracks eyeball head thing. Oh yeah. No, and uh, if you look at the date, it's before the residents did their eyeball head thing, and uh, when they did that. Damon is really pissed off that day, you know. I go, what's wrong, man? He's breaking chairs and window oh. shit. I go, dude, what's wrong? He goes, the residents stole my idea with the eyeball heads, you know. And, <laughs> and I go, really? And uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, they made a whole career out of it. Yeah, they did. I go, well, <laughs> yeah, they could thank you for it, I guess, you In- know. Indeed. So um, we decided, dude. That's when we went to the Lion Head. Ah, yes. With balls on it, shit. Mm. Uh, you also met Kurt Cobain as well, as far as I've read. Yeah, once, uh, a long time ago, uh, about three months before he died, you know, at a concert in L.A., mm. the Butthole Surfers were opening up for him at the time. That's how we, you know, got to meet him, you know, through through uh, Gibby and Paul. He seemed like a very shy fella and kind of paranoid, from what I read in the article, um, you, you were saying that uh, he he said he was going to change. He wanted to change his music in more radical direction. I heard stuff like that, and then I heard that he was, you know, like he was hanging out with Gibby a lot. And he was re- really influenced by, you know, the Butthole Surfers. You also met the bassist of Led Zeppelin as well, as far as I understand. Yeah, John Paul Jones. That's when I uh, recorded on the Butthole Surfers album. He was producing, uh, you know, uh, I think the name of it was uh, Independent Worm Saloon. Mm. Yeah, he was producing it, and I met him. And that was very good, hanging out with him. He just had tons of great stories about Led Zeppelin and stuff. Uh, I could say one. He'll probably be pissed off at me, because I don't think he wanted me to tell anybody, but... (laughs) Maybe I should anyway get them pissed off at me. I don't know. Hey, but anyway, he told me this one where uh, they were playing some benefit, you know, and and David Gilmore had all his stuff set up really, really, you know, really he doesn't want anybody going around his stuff. And uh, I think uh, Roger Daltrey was there or something, you know, hanging out or something. And all of a sudden you heard a bunch of screeching and squealing and, you know, guitar noises and shit, and and everybody looks out there, and there's da- uh, Daltrey, you know, jumping up and down on Gilmore's uh, effects with the guitar in his hand <laughs> and the amps on, and you know, and David Gilmore's freaking out and stuff. And yeah, he told me that story. I hope I got it right. Anyway. <laughs> um, you also met uh, uh, met uh, Genesis Peorage, or I think you actually worked with Genesis Peorage. Yeah, I. I I, I had a recording studio going for a while. And I recorded some keyboard stuff, and I I did work with them. He he actually got in on the the Hawkwin last show, uh, and it was funny because uh, because Nick and Dale didn't know who he was. You know, Nick goes up to me and he goes, "Who's that guy?" And you know, he's just setting up on stage like somebody asked him to play, but nobody did. And, you know, that's just the way Jen is, you know, mm. and uh, and Nick and Dale go, who's that guy, you know, and, and uh, oh, that's, you know, Jen, Genesis Peorage, you know, blah, 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 and mm. told all this shit. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I he like as a, what was he like then to, to work with? 
Oh, he was he's he's a really cool dude. I I I, I love Jen. He's a very interesting fellow, you know. Uh, I love uh Robin Gristle and Psyche TV and shit. Uh mm. they did a show here not too long ago. Mm. Yeah, uh, he's he's really I like Jen. He's not exa- he's not exactly what you think he is, you know. I mean, pretty pretty uh, wild, crazy guy, but you know, he's really a nice guy. He is. Many of your albums are available on YouTube through your own doing. Um, was was that a deliberate decision to kind of open source? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, That's you know, I, yeah, we ha- I have a lot of friends that put you know my stuff on YouTube too. You know, mm. that sort of do it on their own. Yeah, that that that's kind of neat. You know, you can say hi to Brent. Hi, Brent. <laughs> Usually, Brent Brent Marley is the number one chrome archivist i would say yeah oh. he's probably archiving this right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's the one who, he's the guy who runs your helius chrome.com is that correct yeah yeah, yeah you a, could uh it's got everything on it <laughs> he's so, sort of like the historian of currently yeah. you know hmm. if you, all your uh, albums are available on youtube um how do you manage to survive from your from your album sales well i mean you can't really do that. You have to, <laughs> you have to sort no of. No one tw- does that. <laughs> yeah. Um, every once in a while, you know, you get a nice check, but sure. you know, it's a survival. You know, you have to have some kind of, you know, scam somewhere. You know? <laughs> but touring is pretty good. You know, <laughs> if you could tour all the time, that would be fine. Except you kind of burn out after a while. You know. Mm. 
Talk but, about touring. Again, another kind of interview that I read uh, with you said that you had many touring tales, one, one of which was uh, seeing uh, regular vehicles on fire. Oh, yeah, there was this one tour. It just seemed like everywhere we went, we'd see a burning vehicle, you know, like, oh, there's another one burning up, you know. <laughs> Mostly on the east coast of the United States, you know, it was it was kind of strange. We saw about four or five. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, can you tell the story of the naked lighting man? Oh yeah, I li- I like your question. <laughs> yeah, well, this was his name was Ziggy. He was a German guy, and he was doing the lights for Nick Turner, which Nick broke. Throughout the tour, he broke just about every one of Ziggy's lights. And uh, all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're driving from the club, you know, and we see this guy, you know, we're driving from sound check, you know, back to the, the hotel. And we see this guy running down the street naked, you know. We go, wow, this is a crazy town. Look at this. Here's a guy running down the street naked. You know, we didn't know who it was, you know. So we just kept driving, you know, and. And then uh, about an hour or two later, this cop is knocking at our door, you know. Hello, that's the police. Oh, shit, what's going on, you know. They open the door, and Ziggy's wrapped in a blanket, you know. We found this guy, you know, running down the road naked. He said, he's he's with you. Is he with you? And I go, yeah, he's with us. And Yeah, he did like two hits of acid and took off all his clothes and took off running around town, you know. <laughs> and that's who we saw running down the street. <laughs> so we got we took him in the room you know and he was like mumbling to himself and you know i surely found out after that that nick turner did a hit of acid nick turner and dell denmore did like a hit acid every every day every show and i go <laughs> how do you do that you know? how do you do that you know i mean this isn't the 60s hmm. where do you even get it you know <laughs> but uh yeah they managed uh, it's just I mean, I could tell you a million stories about that tour, but we'd be here for days. <laughs> we could it make Spinal Tap seem like a serious <laughs> rock documentary. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Finally, um, that we have some fan questions. First of all, um, Leon Miraglia says, um, how did you record the very first two albums? Because they sounded pretty basic. Yeah, they were. Actually, they were recorded in a living room on a uh, Tascam, no, a Sony four track and a Task and a Tascam half track. And I don't think Damon ever recorded before that. You know, <laughs> he acted like he knew what he was he was doing. So I just sort of went along with it, and I didn't know anything about recording at the mm. time. So. Yeah, and and those two records were recorded on the same stuff. Although I do think Half Machine Lip Move sounds a little better than Alien Soundtracks, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as quality goes. Yeah, it's recorded in a living room. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and uh, appropriately enough, I suppose, um, John Evans asks, how many LSD trips have you taken, and if early Chrome got groupies? Well, um, <laughs> early Chrome doesn't didn't have as many groupies as some bands that we knew because we didn't play out very much. But uh, so I think we missed out on a lot of that <laughs> in the early days, you know. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I did a lot more acid back then than I do now, you know. Mm. Every once in a while, I like to do a peyote or a shroom or something like that, but mm. back then, yeah, we were doing, uh, at least I was, <laughs> doing a lot of acid. <laughs> okay, next question. Sarah Bonaventura uh, asks, who is Sister Sarah? Apparently, you dedicated a song to her on your solo album, Boxing the Clown. Well, um, we were playing with the drummer Ray Washam from a band called Scratch Acid. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was, I had a real thing about Sister Sarah, you know, and Clint Eastwood and all this shit. Mm. And so we'll, we'll, you know, and we were making this song, and he goes, hey, man, let's call it Sister Sarah. And so he brought that up again, and okay, we'll dedicate it to Sarah, whoever she is, you know. Mm. I guess it was a girlfriend of his, you know? Uh, uh. So it kind of came out in a song. Mm. You okay. can thank Ray for that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, next question from Craig Stevens. Uh, what was Tom Hazelmere like as a label boss for Amphetamine Reptile? That was, again, for your solo works. Oh, a very interesting fellow, you know? he's, a, he's a, He plays guitar himself and had a band called The Flies, which I really liked, and... Uh, did a lot of work, you know. We saw him last year. Yeah. And we did run into him about a year ago. We did a show in L.A. for uh, uh, AMREP Benefit, or I don't forget what it was. It was, uh, he had an art ga uh, an art opening at Shepherd Ferry's place. Yeah. H played solo along with members of the Melvins, uh -huh. like Buzzo and stuff. Yeah, and, and, Those guys. and uh, uh, Hammerhead. Or Hammerhead, yeah. So then there was a show that Helios Creed, full band, played at the uh, Echoplex across town. Mm -hmm. And so they put on this huge show for Lee Hazelmeyer after his art gig. And it was John Hazelmeyer. John Tom Hazelmeyer. Tom, sorry. Tom Hazelmeyer. Yeah. And uh, so he's, you know, still doing it. Another question uh, from Minui de la Croix. Um, having lived in San Francisco, he says, and lovely Santa Cruz, do you have any studio recordings in which you purposely try to capture the spirit of the Bay Area or Californian coastal energy? Well, lately we've been tripping on how haunted Santa Cruz is. <laughs> it's, uh, I think, one of the most haunted places in California. Studio was haunted, yeah, and the studio recorded and was supposedly haunted. They yeah. found a picture of a of this woman in Victorian garb, like remember in, the orb around my head? of the wall. Yeah, there was that. I mean, yeah, yeah it's like it's like the fucking X Files over here. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's all kinds of weird stuff like that. There's this one thing we're researching. Uh, uh, it's this uh, mansion uh, where these nuns stayed, right? Oh, you know yeah. the story. The Rispin Mansion. And yeah. We went there and took some uh, videos. We got a lot of orbs and uh, demon. We we pretty you certain know. that there, there's a photo that was passed around actually, and it caused a bit of a stir among our, you know, friends yeah. as to whether it was real or not. But well, I, I happen to know really, 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 really did. There's uh, a, a, a go home, off on it. An <laughs> abandoned mansion in Santa Cruz and I've been there years ago I've lived here for 13 years and uh, we we creepiest went in there. place I ever been we went back and snapped some photos and there's there's totally a, a two-sided demonic face coming out of the boiler 
of this <laughs> fucking garage. You yeah, can't I mean, go in. They have you know, it all boarded up. There's no way you could go in. But yeah. we're going to go in. And this is stuff going straight. There's a lot of so, talk of like LSD If you don't hear stuff, about but, us anymore, you'll know. What, yeah. <laughs> we're leaving a, a crumb trail. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, trail good idea. There. Good idea. So what are your interests in, in ghosts then? Where, does that, where does that come from? Well, I, I just started... Uh, I've always been fascinated with that, you know, since I was a kid. But uh, um, being in this town with, uh, with uh, you know, Lou, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, we just started getting into this research thing. And he showed me these. He actually did a show with, what's the name of that place? Uh, what, the Brookdale? Yeah. I used to work at the Brookdale Lodge up in in um, Boulder Creek, which is one of the haunted California spots, like the biggest, you know, there's TV shows on it and stuff. And mm. it's just, I, I don't know, man, if it's just me, but as long as I've lived here, this stuff has just been all over the place here. And for me, it, it ties in, it's from personal experience that we're into. It finds its way into the music as well. Oh, you want to hear a great story? All right, we were up in L.A., you know, when we were mixing uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, Feel It Like a Scientist, right? What's the name of that hotel we hotel stayed Cecil. at? Hotel Cecil. Hotel Cecil. It's a famous haunted hotel. They it's, found a young right, woman in a water tower like a year ago. A year ago. Oh, this I heard about this. Yeah, she went to an, the elevator. Yeah. They have videos of it. She's like freaking out in this elevator like somebody's following her. Mm. There's no way she could get to the roof. She goes up to the roof at the elevator they found her in a water tower that's 12 feet high. There's no way she could get in there. Naked. Naked. Mm. Drowned. So, all right, so me and him are staying there, right? <laughs> and we go into the same elevator. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's pressed to the top floor. Oh. We didn't press it. We didn't even press the friggin' button, you know? But we said as we were going, hey, let's go check out that top floor. We walked in we the elevator. We were going to go up. So we no one was in the elevator to have pressed the button. It was fucking scary. So we go up to the top floor, and, and, we, and I'm just following our nose, right? And there's a window open. The windows are always locked and shut, you know, because they don't want anybody going up there. But the window's open, so I go out on the ledge, climb up on this ladder all the way to the roof, and I see the this guy working on these, uh, you know, these water towers. And I saw the water tower that that girl drowned in, mm. you know. It's it was still there. Yeah, that was weird. Mm. That was very weird mm. because you couldn't go up there, you know, but... We were led up there. It's this feeling that happens when those things are happening that seems to happen to he and I a lot. Yeah, it's, it's pretty odd. To be yeah, honest. it is odd. <laughs> so we're excited to see what happens when we try going to Europe now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Europe is totally haunted. Yeah, I know. We were watching uh, something on Prague last night. About every square foot of Europe, somebody. <laughs> I saw a ghost in Spain. The first ghost I actually saw, I saw in Spain across in another building, even just walking by at five in the morning as I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I saw one here in my uh, room here. Oh yeah, with tight pants on. <laughs> yeah, wearing wearing tight rock pants. Can you, can you I mean, what the fuck, you know? We have big breaths.
So uh, are there any rituals that you do before you before you play? Not anything serious, just, you know, may the force be with you. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we're, we're not into, like, dark forces or no. anything like that. You no, know? no, sure, of course. Just, just in case, you know, because some of our music seems kind of dark. We like to explore dark places. Mm. It's sort of like I you mean, make fun I'm of the I'm the first darkness. one to go to a Black Sabbath yeah. concert, you know, <laughs> you know, back in the day. Sure, sure, know? yeah. But I did live two blocks from the uh, Bohemian oh, Grove. Oh, yeah, he yeah. just, he just the, figured that out. The Bohemian Grove thing, I lived two blocks from there, and I found out about it, you know, a couple, about a year before I moved from there, that, that whole thing. Do you know about that? No, no, that, I haven't heard. The leaders, uh, that's where the leaders of uh, the, the elite hang out, you know, of America. You know, the president and all those people, It's you just know. the north and across from San Francisco. And they do satanic rituals there. Mm. Well, there's 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 alleged Masonic ties and things like that. This is, it's all this sort of umbrella of this weird world that we are exploring, um, and so we're we're less invested in it in a personal way to gain more so to understand what really happens in the world and like what we're trying to help deliver people from. Really, well, basically, we decided that the world's ran by a bunch of scumbags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been proven. But there's, good, there's, there's just as much good. But so. That's funny. If you could change something, Helios, um, if you became like the the leader of the world or, or, or something like that, how, how, what would you do on your first day at work? Gee, uh, have a bowl of cereal? <laughs> oh, oh uh, that's good. No, I, I would... Uh, You'd have to think about things for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to think look about what I'm going to do. You know, but I guess I would make uh, radiation illegal, you know, nuclear radiation uh, power plants. Mm. I'd make that illegal. It's a little too late now, I guess. Because uh, on, on your new album, um, Feel It Like a Scientist, you have a uh, Fukushima title. Oh, uh, on that's on Half Machine from the Sun. That's ah. the... This is these are lost tracks of yeah. um, Chrome that haven't haven't come up before. That was that that came out last yeah. year. Didn't it? He uh, had a Nagasaki on there, so I go well. You know, we. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with ahead of its time or anything, but we just do Fukushima on there. You know, <laughs> sort of another synchronicity. I mean, that has just happened in the last couple of years. Is yeah. yeah, and here on Santa Cruz and the, on the coast, that we were on full alert when that happened. I mean. I had to grab my cat and evacuate my apartment mm. <laughs> for fear of tsunami, you see. Wow. Yeah, wow. I know. They tried to get me out of here, too. I wasn't going in. <laughs> uh, finally, I want to say that I, I, I met you I, many, many years ago in Brighton because oh, yeah. we, we did uh, projections, or I did projections for your performance in Brighton. Oh, and, yeah. Funnily yeah. enough. And afterwards, I uh, came up to you and said, uh, hey, how are you doing? And you just kept repeating ST37, ST37, ST37. I was probably deep at it by being on the road for, uh, I think it was like two months, and I was probably losing my mind. Or Where was that? Where did that happen? That was in Brighton in England. Sorry about that. Oh no, 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 not at all. It was a, it's a, it was a big memory, and I've always wondered what ST thirty seven meant. Well, it was a mouthwash <laughs> back in the seventies, mid seventies. Uh, I, I don't think it lasted very long, but we sort of started make we made we sort of 
started thinking of it as a drug, you know, sort of like a sci-fi, um, <laughs> sci-fi element in reality. Yes, I can, I can understand. Were you, were you ever influenced by Philip K. Dick at all? His his stories. Well, I have been recently. <laughs> um, I'm into that. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll always have a member in the band that seems to be into that, you mm. know, and and revealing knowledge and stuff. And he's um, someone that's truly uh, prophetic. I think, like, and it sounds odd, but we're the we're this what the second most drug-addled band on that list. And it all lately, I've been really into Scanner Darkly. You know that that list oh. made of the drug-addled uh-huh. bands of all time, and uh, he really, you know, describes the lifestyle that seems to be occurring uh in this sort of dystopian age you know in like a scanner darkly and even now with the technological developments in the military it's just gotten strangely parallel strangely similar to that fiction mm. of philip k dick so you know we're a blade runner type of thing actually you've just reminded me because uh listening to your your new album feel it like a scientist uh I was making some notes about some of the tracks and this track, Captain Boson, I wrote down um, haunting vocals and synths take me on this journey across an icy landscape. This is sci-fi. I can see this in a new Blade Runner movie. Can you imagine yourself doing the um, the uh, soundtrack for, a, apparently oh, there is a great, yeah. pre- prequel Blade Runner that's coming out. That's All we got to do is take it and make Blade Runner yeah. 3 or something. We think of that a lot. Really, a lot soundtracks, but it's just it's it's a Chrome thing. It's alien soundtrack. It's it's a soundtrack. It, it doesn't have to be for a film. I did a couple soundtracks, but it wasn't for anything big. And uh, mostly, I've I've acted in movie, couple movies. He was in a movie with Willie Nelson. Well, that's when I was staying in Texas when I recorded with the Butts. You know, uh, he was making a movie, and my wife at the time was an extra. You know, he was she was a biker mama. You know. So I turned out to be the uh, drug dealer. It was in the. <laughs> I turned out to be the drug dealer for the biker gang. You know, he actually just showed up for a run. <laughs> yeah, I just showed up and they picked me out of the crowd. You know, they go, "Hey, you, you look like a drug dealer." Okay. <laughs> but they had the uh, this. They had the real Texas gang there. Uh, Texas Outlaws and some of the Angels were there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they were all really nice guys. I thought, you know, and. Uh, you know, and, and they wanted me to be the drug dealer. So I was the only guy in the bar that wasn't dressed up like a biker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Helios, um, you're, you're now preparing for your European tour, and you arrive in Europe next week? Uh, yeah, in a week, yeah, live in a week. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and you're playing Germany, France, UK? Yeah, we're playing uh, Czech, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Czech Republic. Yeah. Barcelona. If anyone wants like- to contact you, uh, find out where, where you're located, how would they find out well yeah. there's facebook and then there's our booking agent um we do everything very fan source so facebook if they contact is, our booking agent maybe we could get they could get a hold yeah. of us you so know? i mean you're you're using the new technology so like facebook and yeah. um i guess they can look you up on uh if they write us on facebook yeah i actually we'll try to talk to people on facebook mm-hmm. you know i mean but you know not lately since the tour is coming up I guess people are getting excited and there's too many people to talk to right now, but it's usually not like that, you know. Thank you very much um, oh, this evening. Thank Yeah. <laughs> for, for this. Um, yeah. Uh, will we be seeing you at any of the shows? Indeed, uh, in, Bri- Ber- in Berlin. 
Oh, Berlin, ah, you're going to be in Berlin. Yeah, Great. we're broadcasting directly from Berlin, so... All um, right. And I'll All be right. at your Berlin show, so... We'll, we'll fill you in on our findings between yeah. now and then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious to hear about all your all your ghost hunting. <laughs> yeah, well, I will tell you what we run into. For some reason, me and him together seem to run into a lot of shit.
you've been listening to How Many Years Too Soon? And that was an interview with Helius Creed and Luminati from the seminal band Chrome. And this was a radio.